It's 8 o'clock on today. Coming up, race against time. Rescue efforts underway in Turkey and Syria amid the massive devastation. First responders facing major challenges on the ground, pleading for more help as the death toll continues to rise. We're live on the scene. Then, major warning. New concerns over lithium-ion batteries after another incident where four people were hurt in a fire. It happened so fast doesn't give people a lot of time to react. Vicki Wynn takes a look at why firefighters say they need better training and what you need to know to keep your family safe. And be real. Ticketmaster stepping up its game this morning ahead of Beyonce's eagerly anticipated Renaissance tour. What fans are saying about this experience after that Taylor Swift fiasco. It's kind of like almost refreshing. I'm offended. I mean... Did Ticketmaster not see my purchase history? So will it break their souls? We'll find out today, Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. From sunny Naples, Florida, today is Tom's birthday. Good morning to my parents watching in Kansas City. Visiting from Jacksonville Beach, Florida. Hi to my cousins in Amherst, New Hampshire. Sending love to my grandpa watching in Hillsboro, New Jersey. I see a little home cooking right there. We know that face. Good to see you guys. Uh, Welcome to today. It's a Tuesday morning. Chanel joins the table. Savannah is heading to the airport. She's going to Washington, D.C. for tonight's State of the Union address. She'll have complete coverage along with Lester and the gang. Busy day. Let's get right to our news at 8 o'clock, guys. Turkey's president has declared seven days of national mourning as the death toll from yesterday's earthquake in Turkey and neighboring Syria surpasses 5,000. Search teams are enduring snow and freezing temperatures. Occasionally, they hear cries from beneath the rubble. Thousands of buildings have collapsed, and there's the constant fear that aftershocks could bring down even more. Urban rescue teams from the United States are on the way as the countries around the world mobilize relief efforts on a massive scale. Joining us now from Syria is Angela Kearney. She's with UNICEF. Angela, I'm so happy that you are joining us in this moment because I know a lot of people are wondering what they can do to help. But let's start off with an assessment of the situation. What have you seen in the last day? So it happened at 4.15 in the morning in a winter's night. So it was very cold, very wet, and people were very traumatized. The the, uh, buildings came down, and since then we've had lots of aftershocks as well. So it's a very difficult situation, very tragic, in a country that is already struggling with humanitarian needs. So it got really much worse with this earthquake in the north. Indeed it did, and I know that people are actually using their bare hands to try to lift boulders. They're hearing cries from beneath. UNICEF is there on the ground. What is the biggest need that they have there? So the need, of course, we're going to focus in on children. So it's about them being safe and secure. Many families have had to go into shelters, and most of those are schools, that are the ones that are not damaged. So families are there seeking shelter. They can't go back to their apartment buildings, especially with the, um, the aftershocks. And so those children need food, they need water, they need sanitation, they need uh, winter clothes because most of them just fled their apartments in the middle of the night with nothing. As well as that, they need medical care. You know, it's very easy to get respiratory tract infections in this winter time. So the needs are just great. And of course, the ones who are displaced into the schools may be the lucky ones. Other ones spent a couple of nights outside in this winter. So um, it's stepping up to find safe places for families to go to and receive the humanitarian assistance. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people do want to help out. They want to do whatever they can to help out. Uh, they just donate to UNICEF. That would be great. Yes, please. It's on our website, uh, the UNICEF uh, National Committee there and foundation there and fund, sorry, the fund in, in, in New York. So it's ready to receive donations immediately. And we will put them to very good use. The needs are absolutely huge. Oh, I can tell. We can tell by these images. We see some hope when we see some of the young children being rescued from beneath the rubble. Angela, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. We appreciate it. Thank you. Good morning. Of course, our thoughts and our prayers remain with the with the folks there. Uh, meanwhile, back here, the FBI announced yesterday that it has foiled a plot to shoot out power stations in Maryland and plunge the city of Baltimore into chaos and darkness. And you see Stephanie Gosk is here with some details on the suspects and, and how close they may have actually come to actually pulling this off. Yeah, and what a growing trend this is yeah. becoming, Craig. Good morning to you. The FBI says two white supremacists were determined to cripple the power grid for Baltimore. They were plotting and actively taking steps to target five substations with gunfire, according to prosecutors. The attack may have been just weeks away. Sarah Sarah Clan Daniel and Brandon Russell are charged with conspiracy to damage an energy facility, which carries a maximum sentence of up to 20 years in prison. Clan Daniel told an undercover FBI agent that the plan would, quote, probably permanently lay this city to waste, according to the affidavit. This comes after recent energy grid attacks in Washington State, Oregon, and North Carolina, where just last December, gunshots were fired at two substations, leaving 45,000 customers without power in freezing temperatures. You may remember that story. According to authorities in this case, the fact that both Clendenial and Russell were previously convicted felons may have slowed down their plan. FBI says Clendenial was having trouble getting her hands on a weapon, and she turned to an undercover FBI agent oh. for some help. Wow. Man. All right. Steph, thank you. Oh, by the way, guys, yeah. you're going to love our brand new Boost show. Oh. You're going to like it. 30 minutes. All feel good. You know how there's so much yes. bad news? Yes. Go here. Uh, it'll start your day. We hope you'll check it out. It's on our streaming channel today, all day. A little pick-me-up. I love the boost. that. Come on. A That's show. a great idea. That's a great yeah. idea. All right. Vicki Wynn's got a, she has a new warning on popular batteries that you really need to see. Hey, good morning, guys. Maybe you own an e-bike or an e-scooter or a home energy storage system. They're becoming more popular, but the powerful batteries inside those devices can fail. And this, this is what it looks like when one explodes inside of a home. Coming up, I'll show you the safe ways to use and charge those devices so this doesn't happen to you. That's next, right here on Today. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed 
Welcome back this morning on today's consumer. A warning about an item that's found in common household products. We're talking about those lithium ion mm-hmm. batteries. Used in e-scooters and bikes, electric cars, even to power homes. They can pose a serious danger. In fact, just this weekend, four people here in New York were injured in an apartment fire. The FDNY says was sparked by e-bike batteries. So what do you need to know to safely use these batteries? NBC's senior consumer investigative correspondent Vicki Wynn joins us with mm-hmm. some eye-opening details. Hi, good morning, good morning. Yeah, most of us never think about these batteries that power things we use every day. But as these lithium-ion batteries become more common in our workplaces, apartment buildings, and our homes, they can also spark fires. And we got to see firsthand the power of these types of fires. And now firefighters are saying they need better training. This demonstration shows what it looks like when a lithium-ion battery fails and sparks a fire often because of faulty design or overcharging. Those batteries causing more than 200 fires in New York City alone last year, injuring 147 people and killing six. And look at this battery catching fire and exploding next to a child. Startup charge in five, four. We met with researchers in Pennsylvania to see what happens when a lithium-ion battery is purposely overcharged and fails, starting a fire. We are here with Steve Kerber. He is with UL's Fire Safety Research Institute. So, Steve, we're actually inside of a home built to burn. We study how fire grows and spreads, and we purposely instrument it so we can figure out how to keep people safe for emerging technologies like this. Kerber and his team outfitted this 1,600-square-foot house with everything you'd find in the typical American home. Then they rigged it with cameras and an array of sensors that measure heat and gases. It's going to catch fire. It's going to release a lot of gas, and we're going to see an explosion. Researchers removed the safety features on the battery to ensure it would fail. After two hours of overcharging the scooter, smoke. 17 seconds later, the explosion buckled the windows. This is what it looked like from the inside. 12 minutes later, the living area engulfed. It was too toxic for us to get into the home after the fire, but here's what it looked like inside after Kerber ran a similar test two weeks earlier. It happens so fast, doesn't give people a lot of time to react. It's not just e-scooters and bikes. These batteries power electric vehicles. They're also used in energy storage systems to store solar energy. Hunter Claire and Justin Lopez experienced the force of a lithium-ion battery fire firsthand in 2019. Originally, we thought it was a transformer fire. The Peoria, Arizona fire captains responded to a call at a facility containing thousands of lithium-ion batteries used to store energy for the power grid. You needed to make sure it was safe for the workers to go back into this building. Exactly, so they could fix whatever the ultimate problem was. And as we went to leave at that point in time, it ignited, right? It blew up. I don't remember the explosion, don't remember anything from there. The force blew both men under a chain-link fence. Lopez landed 30 feet away. Claire, 70 feet. Where's he at? The men nearly died. Both suffered brain trauma, broken bones, and multiple burns. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good, all things considered. You know, just happy to be alive. They're now sounding the alarm that these battery failures can be lethal. In statements to NBC News, the battery industry says failures are rare and the technology continues to be a safe and cost-effective way to provide reliable, clean energy to consumers. And they are collaborating with emergency response governmental agencies to increase awareness. To avoid this, buy batteries that are certified by a lab like UL or Intertech. Don't overcharge batteries or leave them charging unattended. If you see smoke from the battery, get out quickly and call 911. 
best practices to safely live with this new technology. So, guys, the big question is where can you actually install these or charge these batteries? And I wish I had a one-size-fits-all answer for you. The the experts say it really depends. You want to follow the manufacturer's instructions for your particular e-bike or scooter. Or if you are installing one of those energy storage systems that a lot of people do, they're connected to their solar panels. Should that go inside the garage? Should it go outside? It depends Mm -hmm. on where you live. But ask those questions to make sure you're putting it in the safest and best place. These batteries are everywhere. They are. They really are. Thank you, Vic. Thanks, Vicky. Mr. Roker, what are we looking at, sir? Well, for the day, we've got some showers from interior New York all the way to Texas. A beautiful day as you get into the southeast. Mild, nice temperatures there. Mountain snows and rain moving into the Pacific Northwest. Seasonal temperatures through the plains. Don't forget, you can find us on the radio, Channel 108, Sirius XM, and live today off the radio. Oh, is it back? Yes, oh, we're back. We've been waiting. Make there you, you go. Make all your right. calls. Come on okay, in. Al Roker, taking it. your calls. What, day? what time is it, Al? Uh, starting at 1 p.m. Eastern. No, what time is it right now? Right now, it's... Uh, <laughs> Time for the pop star. All right, first up, Beyonce, fresh off her record-setting Grammy night. Queen B is at the top of her game, and this morning she has another thing to celebrate: a relatively smooth ticket-buying experience for her eagerly anticipated concert tour. Let's bring in NBC News now, Savannah Sellers. She has the details. Good morning. morning. Hey guys, good morning. Yeah, so it was a little bit of good news, yes. especially of course after what we saw with Taylor Swift tickets. And though, although not everyone who registered got that access code to Beyonce's pre-sale yesterday, those who did say the experience was a noted improvement compared to Taylor Swift's pre-sale debacle back in November. Fans getting information for Queen B. Oh, I'm so excited. Pre-sale tickets for Beyonce's North American Renaissance World Tour launching Monday. This time, there was no deja vu of Taylor Swift's pre-sale meltdown in November, with fans of both stars like friends Lindsay Myers and Laura Hopkins saying things went smoothly. Beyonce really matters to me. Lindsay's mom got an access code and was able to grab tickets in just eight minutes. Floor seats for $350 apiece. It was kind of like almost refreshing to see that there were so many, so many options so that like a lot of people could go. But there was still heartbreak for some. Even Beyonce super fans like Nikki Patel got waitlisted. And how's that feel? I'm offended. I mean, did Ticketmaster not see my purchase history? The ticket sale coming just one day after Beyonce's historic night at the Grammys. I'm trying not to be too emotional. And I'm trying to just receive this night. Ticketmaster, a hot topic at music's biggest award show. Host Trevor Noah bringing the topic straight to Taylor Swift. You, you have the best fans in the world. I mean, what they did with Ticketmaster, what they might do for artists all over the world, can you get them to, to handle the price of eggs? There's really nothing that they can't accomplish. I'm not getting tickets. Back in November, Swifties battled Ticketmaster's website trying to buy presale tickets for her era's world tour. It was so bad, Congress got involved, grilling Live Nation about the company's policies. After Beyonce announced her Renaissance World Tour, the Senate Judiciary Committee tweeting, We're watching, Ticketmaster. This time around, the company staggered sale dates instead of releasing tickets all at once, and we're actively moving people from the wait list. Ticketmaster was also diligent with updates Monday on its Twitter, letting fans know what to expect. Hopefully no Beehive members are left pining for the best thing they've never had. 
<laughs> a little play there. Janelle got it. All right, if you're on the verified fans wait list, Ticketmaster tweeted that each presale lasts about six hours, and then if there are remaining tickets, you may get a text or email with access information, which a lot of fans did get throughout the sale yesterday. I wish I could just do a group hub for all the behind. I know, right? I know, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, you, you know. Thank you, Savannah. <laughs> love it, love it. All right, guys, we'll be right back after this. morning, the 7th of February, 2023. A happy crowd, a special crowd here with us on the plaza. Yes. Yes. You got a nice 57th birthday happy right birthday. here. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. Naples, Florida. We wow. apologize for the weather. We're sorry. All right, <laughs> we, got a lot. we got a lot to get to. <laughs> Naples, Florida, I think it probably well. We've got a lot to get to this half hour. You guys very, very excited about our guest we have inside, Catherine Schwarzenegger-Pratt. She has got a brand new children's book. If you have an older sibling, you're going to be touched by this message. It's all about sisters. My girls have the that. book and are loving it. Oh, nice. Loving it. Okay, looking forward to catching up with Catherine. Also at this half hour, a name that's it's going to be familiar to basketball fans, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, a star in the 90s, his journey to the NBA, nothing short of remarkable, but years into his career, activism cost him almost everything. We're going to share our conversation. Why Mahmoud says he has no regrets and the <laughs> legacy that he hopes to leave for other athletes. Cool. Powerful conversation. And then, how does chicken piccata sound? Yum. Yes. Sounds like this. Yeah. Uh, it's simple but sophisticated. Perfect for Valentine's Day or any old weeknight. We got Kevin Curry showing us how it's in. Hey, Kev. Yum. Meantime, ahead on the third hour, a big name in music. Nick Jonas is stopping by today. Yes. And we are revealing two more Super Bowl ads with some serious star power. But first, Chanel, there was something that we didn't get to yes. in Pop Start. There was some news about Yellowstone and Kevin Costner. Yes. Wait, oh, what? I know, the Yellowstone guess. fans here, I know. Guess. This is why we're talking about it, because I know a lot of you guys care here. There could be some big changes coming to the Denton Ranch. Ranch. Yesterday, Deadline reporting Matthew McConaughey is what? such a star what? in the franchise's next spinoff series. I need you to see the audience every day. Currently, there are three shows in Taylor Sheridan's wildly popular cowboy universe, Yellowstone, 1923, and 1883. The outlet also hinting that Kevin Costner, a.k.a. John Dutton might be exiting the show after five no, seasons come on. due to possible on. scheduling oh. conflicts. So maybe they can work that out. <laughs> the <laughs> people have spoken, Kevin. Know, you can't leave. A Paramount Network spokesperson told Deadline, quote, we have no news to report. Kevin Costner is a big part of Yellowstone, and we hope that's the case for a long time All to right. come. So there's your, your Yellowstone. Oh, wow. Thank you. You see them doing that show with I know. It's interesting. They got more hours than we do. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Right, like Yellowstone. Uh, how about the forecast? All right, let's show you what we got starting with today. We are looking at a beautiful day along the southeastern mid-Atlantic coast. Some showers, interior sections of New York down to Texas. Mountain snows out in the Pacific Northwest and also down through the southwest. Uh, severe risk of severe weather, strong weather, making its way up into the mid-Mississippi River Valley. Above average temperatures along the eastern seaboard with plenty of sunshine. And that will also make its way along the west coast until you get up into the Pacific Northwest. And that is your latest weather. All right. Thank you, Al. Coming up next, can't wait to catch up with our friend and best-selling author, Katherine Schwarzenegger-Pratt, on her busy life, her new book, her beautiful kids. She's got a powerful message. But first, this is Today on NBC. Welcome back. Best-selling author, Katherine Schwarzenegger-Pratt, wrote her first book, 
when she was just 19 years old. Well, now it's more than a decade later. Four books, a marriage, two kids. She's got her latest project out today. It is a children's book, and it is called... Good night, sister. It's based on Catherine's own relationship with her younger sister, Christina. Catherine, it's so good to see good you. To see you. Okay, the last time you were here in Studio One A, I mean, yeah, it's been it a was it was a lifetime ago. <laughs> it seems like your life has changed completely. I know. Two children. How yeah. is life? Last time I was here, I was pregnant with Lila. Yeah, like early pregnancy with yeah. Lila. Now I've come back to the city to release a book about sisters and brought both my girls with me, my mother and my sister. <laughs> Everybody's together. Everybody's here helping me. How's New York with everybody, with the whole I mean, plan? it's wild. It's a very different book launch experience this yeah. time around, bringing the children and having them wake up in the middle of the night. <laughs> You're like, what's Where happening? Am I? <laughs> you know what I love about this? You actually wrote this book about sisters before your second before daughter was born. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, which is so crazy. I literally started writing this book right after Lila was born. Mm-hmm. And it really came to me just because I was reading so many of the same books that Christina and I read, my sister Christina and I read when we were little, and I would have all these moments of like flashbacks to our own childhood, thinking about how we did so much together. And I wanted to do this book about sisters to celebrate the relationship Christina and I had growing up and that we're still so lucky enough to have today. And then, you know, birthed another daughter. So I have (laughs) two sisters with my girls. A lot of sisters get lumped together. I have a sister who's uh, older than me too. And sometimes they compare. They're Mm -hmm. like, oh, you're the funny one. You're the this one. You're the that one. (laughs) They kind of tag you with that. Were you guys clearly different when you were growing up? And how did you establish that? I mean, I probably would ask my mom, (laughs) but we we did everything together. We're 19 months apart. So I think we definitely had a lot of the lumping together when we were growing up. And then, you know, you hit that moment where you kind of want to separate yourself from each other and do things that are different. Apparently, you're not supposed to dress your kids matching, which I already started doing. I know. (laughs) Learning all these things as a mother now myself. But I think that it was really just such a special relationship, which is why I wanted to write a book just to celebrate that sister bond and how amazing Christina has been in my life. Well, I love this book because it does show that sometimes the big sister is the one who cares for the (laughs) younger one. And then sometimes the script flips. And that happens in real life all the time. All the time. It was exactly our dynamic growing up was that I'm the oldest and I leaned so much on Christina growing up to be the bold one, the confident one to do things first. And I wouldn't do so much unless she did it first or with me. So this book is really just to celebrate that dynamic between us and also to celebrate the fact that even if you don't have a sister, that you can have that relationship and that bond with a best friend, a cousin, a parent, whatever that might be. But just to be able to have that at a young age is such a gift. Often as sisters grow older, sometimes their paths stay connected, but sometimes life is funny. Like you have families, you have this, someone lives there, someone's got a job, you know, and it's hard to keep the bond. How do you guys figure out a way to keep your connection? We live five or 10 minutes. There you go. That'll do it. (laughs) We talk to each other all the time. I mean, the four of us kids are so close and also we have incredible parents. So we're all constantly doing things together. We're, you know, they're very involved in both my daughter's lives as well, which I think is so beautiful and amazing. And to see my sister step into this role as an aunt to my Mm. two girls and also just Mm. to be excited about the dynamic between my two girls as sisters Mm -hmm. and to, for them to have Christina and I, as they grow up and kind of learn their own roles is really exciting. How is Chris? as a girl dad does he love amazing i mean on. full princess makeup <laughs> does the he whole, do it all oh, the whole thing i mean he's he's such an incredible husband and an amazing father to both of the girls and also to my stepson and he's just the best and has definitely embraced the girl dad role as well and just loves all of it and yeah 
This book, by the way, is such a great read. My girls have this book because they're always looking for something new to read. And they're like, is that about sisters? Is that about us? I'm like, well, it is. It's about all of us. But it's a beautiful book. It's called Goodnight Sister, written by you, illustrated, beautiful illustrations by Lucy Fleming. She did a fantastic job. She did. And I was so particular to make sure that it had so many similarities to Christina and I growing up. And she did such a wonderful job. By the way, it's the sweetest book. Oh, thank you. Enjoy your time in New York. Hope you get some rest. (laughs) All right. And by the way, Catherine's going to come back. She's going to join us on our fourth hour. I'm very excited about that. And again, this book is called Goodnight Sister. It's in stores right now online. It's a great read, great for kids. And you can get it at today.com slash shop. Craig, over to you. That's right. Up next, our conversation with former NBA star Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf on his remarkable life story and taking a stand for his beliefs. But first, this is Today on NBC. Listen up, true crime fans. It's a big murder trial underway. Dateline is launching a new podcast with Andrea Canning. Welcome to Dateline True Crime Weekly. We'll cover breaking crime news around the country. It is the twists, the turns, the With the best reporters on the case, NBC News analysts, and Dateline producers on the ground. Break it down for us. You'll get fresh insights and behind-the-scenes scoops from crime scenes to courtrooms. That is bizarre. Stay in the the know and up to date. So tell us what he said. Follow Dateline True Crime Weekly to get new episodes starting Thursday. Wherever you get your podcasts. Hi everyone, I'm Jenna Bush Hager from Today with Hoda and Jenna and the Read with Jenna book club. There's nothing I love more than sharing my favorite reads with all of you, except maybe talking to the exceptional authors behind these stories. And that's what I'll be doing on my podcast, Read with Jenna. I'll be introducing you to some of my favorite writers. These conversations will leave you feeling inspired and entertained. To start listening, just search Read with Jenna wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. In the last few years, we've seen athletes pushing for social justice, often with the full support of their leagues. But, Craig, that certainly hasn't always been the case. No, Mm. no, no, no. Not at all, in fact. Uh, Two decades before Colin Kaepernick was exiled from the NFL for taking a knee during the national anthem, there was Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. Back in 1996, his career in the NBA was cut short for refusing to stand for the anthem. His activism is the focus of Stand. It's a documentary film. It's streaming on Showtime. And I met up with Mahmoud at the Riverside Epicenter in Atlanta for a workout and a conversation about his life and the cost of standing up for his beliefs. 22 years after leaving the game he loves, 53-year-old Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf is still knocking down three-point shots that made him one of the most feared shooters in NBA history. I wanted to dominate. That was my mission from the moment I started playing basketball. And from an early age, Abdul Rauf, who was born Chris Jackson, did just that, dominate. First as the country's top-ranked high school point guard, and later at LSU, where he played alongside Shaquille O'Neal. It looked like I was watching God play basketball. Raised by a single mother in Gulfport, Mississippi, Abdul Rauf lived in poverty and suffered from Tourette's syndrome, evident by his uncontrollable body twitching and eye blinking. But he overcame those obstacles and was drafted by the Denver Nuggets in 1990, crediting his Tourette's with making him a better player. It's this repetition that makes you one of the greatest shooters of the 80s and 90s in the NBA. Very much so, I believe, yes. It was a blessing. Major blessing. Because I wouldn't, I would have stopped practicing an hour and a half, two hours, and went on. But Tourette's syndrome said, nah, 
Got something else for you. The Showtime documentary Stand tells the story of how Abdul Rauf, against all odds, made it to the NBA just to have his career come crashing down after converting to Islam and taking a stand against racism. Why did you decide to stop standing for the national anthem? I became a Muslim and I began to read more than I've ever read before. But as I'm reading, you know, whether it's foreign policy, domestic policy, I'm seeing America's hand in so much corruption. And then I'm looking also at the history of this nation, slavery and Jim Crow and segregation, right? I can't reconcile standing up for this symbol, right? I just can't. The reaction in 1996 was swift and violent. Abdul Rauf was suspended by then NBA commissioner David Stern. He also received death threats and the dream home he was building for his family in Mississippi burned to the ground by the Ku Klux Klan. What did you think that the reaction would be? I wasn't surprised that that was the reaction. Why? Because history has shown, in particular, when young or African-American athletes, entertainers, whoever, step outside of the athletic box and speak on something else, you're condemned. Abdul Rauf was traded the next season. His playing time diminished. And with teams unwilling to sign him, the once promising superstar was out of the NBA at the peak of his career. Do you think that your stance mm-hmm. ended up costing you your career? Of course I do. History. You know, not much has changed. Fast forward. There's a football quarterback who decides he's going to kneel in protest to inequality, police brutality. Mm-hmm. Did you know What was going to happen to Colin Kaepernick when he started that? I had a strong idea of what was going to happen because I've read the playbook. Has the NBA reached out and said, you know what, we were wrong or we could have handled it differently? There are people in the NBA who privately, you know, say things. How would you feel if the NBA gave you uh, an apology? Families were hurt. People lost Income, reputations were destroyed, right? And so you just can't apologize and make it all right. No, I I, I care less about the apology. As we sit here, it it certainly seems like you have no regrets. No, none whatsoever. Wow. I didn't know that story. Me either. Fascinating. um, It's a lot of folks in the documentary, by the way, talk about before Steph Curry, Abdul Rauf. A pure shooter, yeah. Yeah. pure shooter, was yeah, it? just yeah. an amazing basketball player, and and he was at the peak oh, of his wow. career. Didn't even know his backstory. Yeah, right. didn't know any of it. Well, it's uh-huh. a, he's a fascinating guy. And by the way, these days, Abdul Rauf, who lost millions because of his activism, continues to speak out. He lectures around the country. He also trains a few of the league's current players, and he plays in the Big Three League. And again, that uh, documentary stand is streaming now. Showtime. That was good, Craig. Thank Thank you. you. Uh, Coming up next, Kevin Curry. He's got a chicken dinner easy enough to make, but special enough to save for a memorable Valentine's Day Mm. celebration. But first, this is today on NBC. Back 8.50 with our Today Table series, Valentine's Day, public service announcement, exactly one week away. And what better way to express your love than with a home-cooked meal? 
Kevin Curry, author of Fit Men Cook, here with a, a healthier twist on, on a favorite Italian dish. Your favorite Italian dish, I understand, yes, right? Yes, I know. It is. It's, it's chicken piccata, but this one is paleo and gluten-free and dairy-free. Cook along, by the way, with us. You can just scan that QR code below to do that. Chicken piccata, gluten-free. Dairy-free. Dairy-free. But flavorful. 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 They're already into it. Yes. They're already into it. Okay, first thing you're going to do is you're going to take your thinly sliced chicken breast, dip them in an egg wash just like this. You want to cook with me today? I'd absolutely. All right. All right. Now, why do you go. like this particular dish for Valentine's Day? You know, because because Italian food, it just feels so, so like comforting. But this one is just full on flavor because of the, you know, because of the... Um, capers, the lemon, okay. the wine. So you kind of get that little sultry vibe, but without all of the bloat from Italian food sometimes. Okay. You know, you kind of get. All right. So no now, one wants to be bloated on, on we don't, Valentine's don't, Day. Don't kill that romance with that bloat now. That's right. right. Oh, <laughs> we're going to season up our little thing first. Where's now, this is back? this is some almond flour to keep uh, it, you okay. know, still green. Free. Yep. We're going to do that. And then it comes out looking just like this, golden, beautiful, just like this. All right. Okay. Now, now you're gonna heat up just a little bit of oil. This is some olive oil, but you can use some avocado oil too. I like to use the avocado oil because it's a higher smoke point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. you know. All right, go ahead and put this one in there for us. All right. Look at you cooking up. Good. Yeah. Mm. Right. There we go. And, and how long are you going to brown that on each side? You're going to sear these for about, let's say, six minutes on like each side. These are really thin, so it's not going to take too much time to go ahead and cook. I'm going to crank up the heat right. just we'll a little bit here cool. so you can get that sizzle. Right? What do we have here, Kev? All right, now this is the actual creamy part of the sauce, right? Now, if it comes out like this after you make it, just go ahead and wipe it clean wipe a little bit. Wipe your pan clean. Yes, okay. wipe it clean because it's nonstick. And then we're going to add in some garlic. Okay. Well, Some garlic good. is in there, you know, yeah. the flavor. How is We're it, Esther? Good. Good. good, 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 good. It's, it's the language miss. of love. It's the la hey, there you go, and that's what you want. What was that? This is some broth. Some broth, okay. Some chicken broth. This is some lemon. Why don't you go ahead and get that coconut cream. Now, coconut, coconut cream, cream is a little bit different from the coconut wow. milk. This is the kind that you get in the can at the very top of it. Just mm -hmm. scrape that cream out. It's going to make it really nice and creamy and buttery. Oh. Yes. And this also keeps it gluten-free. Yes. Now, these are some Dairy real free. capers, by the way. That's those are some. Hey. Take a look at those, Jay. Those are jumbo capers. Those are healthy capers. Jumbo flavor. Go ahead and put that on there. All in there? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I love a caper, too. Push it. Now this is this now, is the arrowroot. Yes. Now this is a thickener, so you can also use this in baking recipes. But I love it because it's great for digestion. So it's going to help you too. What is that? Arrowroot. Arrowroot. It's Arrow kind of like um, cornstarch, but it's oh. a thickener. You can use it too okay. for um, you know for crisping up some veggies yeah. or some meat as well. Comes out looks just like this. Now these are some zucchini noodles. You can zoodle these. Mm, Keeps yummy. it also gluten free. Yeah. Okay. You know. Carb, carb light. Yes. So, we're gonna, so when you transfer from here to here, yes. how long? Put the put that in there. Now, since they're already cooked, I would say about maybe two minutes or so. But you really don't need that. It's oh, all right. Oh, hey, oh, you know, no down. one thought it. That's yours. <laughs> that one's yours. Okay. All right. all right. And then plate it right here. These are some zucchini noodles. It's good. I don't want to plate and, the one I messed up because that's gonna. There you okay. Go. Yeah. We don't one. put that one on the TV. Yeah. Just, just edit that part <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah, it better. was you know you much more suave at the house, uh, right? Well, now you clearly have oh, me the house. Oh, we gonna. <laughs> Mr. Roker, what do we think? This is fantastic. It's really, really good. good. Like it? Really good. Really good. 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 Really good. That chicken is and it's, so delicious. Yes. And it's super easy to make. And especially with chicken, sometimes people tend to overcook it. That is good. And it gets dry. But this is a safe, fail-proof recipe. Kevin, thank you. Lots of flavor. Yummy. All of the ingredients, one click by scanning the QR code. 
Or you can go to today.com slash today table, schedule, delivery, mm. or in-person pickup. And we should mention today does earn a commission from purchases. But stick around. Kev's back in the next hour. Yes, what sir. are you making next hour? We are making surf and turf. Oh, Ooh. surf and Love turf. It. All right. Perfect. Good. Good. Really? Oh. Thank you. So oh. yummy. Ooh.